welcome to I Am Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day. And today we have a special episode. We actually have a friend of mine joining us on the podcast. She went to college with me. We actually did social work together and we recently reunited together and had a very, very interesting conversation. As soon as we talked about this, I was like, I need to have you on the podcast. You guys will hear a little bit more about that coming up in the episode, but this is my friend Latanya. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. We're going to talk about fear and how fear affects So let's jump right in. Here is LaTanya. LaTanya, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I am so excited to have you on, okay? Because the last time we were together, you were talking about listening to the podcast and we just had this really passionate conversation about our struggles and our love for podcasting. It was such a, an exciting conversation. And when I said, girl, do you want to come on the podcast? And you were like, yeah. And I'm like, no, but I'm serious. Like <laughs> you were like, yes. And I was like, okay, I'm putting you in the calendar. Like, let's do this. Like for real, for real. So I'm very excited that the day has come and you are now here and we can have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, super excited super excited I was so happy to see you I'm like I'm definitely gonna fangirl I'm gonna be like Daniel girl I've seen every episode I love how transparent you are and I think that's what I enjoy most about listening to podcasters just people being authentic and genuine and really just sharing their life so oh I appreciate that girl I'm trying I'm trying okay you know it's been a struggle All right. So then you know that every week we do some type of way where we talk about something that made us feel some type of way. It could be good. It could be bad. It's really just my way of pushing myself to really talk about how I'm feeling. So I'll start. So uh, I'm I'm kind of in between what I should talk about, but I'm thinking I got one thing that I'm going to stick to. Do you watch This Is Us? I don't. I had to stop watching it because after the first or second season, I was crying every episode. (laughs) And I'm like, no, like I, I can't, I'm not going to put myself through it. But I love it. Though. No, honestly, like that's probably a good idea because yes, I was watching This Is Us this, this last episode and I was crying. Okay. <laughs> I was bawling. It was bad. It so I understand. I'm terrible. Does it get better? <laughs> no. But it's so good. Like it is a little bit too real sometimes and you're just like, I can't. This too much. But it, okay. So this last episode that I watched, right? Girl, I have me in all my feels because so you know Randall, he is one of the main characters, and Beth is his wife, right? So basically, let me not try to spoil it too much for anyone who's not listening, but spoiler alert, just in case. So Beth, she had this studio that she um created, this dance studio, and like COVID happened, and then she had to shut it down and it just wasn't working out. So when she had to shut it down, you know, like Randall is Mr. Fixer. He has to make sure that everything is going to be perfect. He wants to fix all the problems. Right. And so he really, really wanted to help Beth, like figure out how to keep it open. But she was in a place where she was like, look, like I can't. And so she, when she went to close it, she actually didn't, she told one of her kids, like, don't tell your dad where I'm going because she didn't want him to come in and like try to fix everything. Right. 
And right. so the kid, Brandel uh, comes and he's like, where's your mom? And she's like, oh, can't tell you. And he's like, please. So basically the, the, the daughter tells him where she is. But the daughter then says, Brandel, listen, like, don't go there and try to fix it. Just go and be there for her. That's, that's what you know how to do, right? So Randall goes and when he goes into the studio, Beth is like, don't even, don't even start. Don't tell me why all these things, like, don't try to fix it, please. Don't. I just need this, you know. And Randall, he says nothing. And then he turns on, um, on his phone, the song, All My Life. You know, the song from, um, Boys to Men, Girl. Oh my life. Okay. Anyways, he turned on the song and then they start dancing and it's just so cute. The reason why it was so emotional though is because they did a flashback to um when when they were younger and he kind of did the same thing back in the day when like she was going through it and he played that song and they just like danced, you know? And so like in the future, like in the present day when he does this, uh it just really crushed me. I started wailing because I was like, bro, <laughs> are you telling me that men like this really exist out here? Like, are you telling me that there are real men who just are there for you and just love you and just do like everything that you need them to do in the moment? I was like, Lord, where? Like, where? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the reason I say this though is because it gave me a lot of hope you know like where I'm at right now you already know I've been depressed I've been struggling and I've been like I'm not trying to be with nobody ever but now I'm like you know what I feel like this is possible I feel like good men are out there and even though Randall is a fictional character I do feel like there has to be some good men out there like him so it was like so emotional because I was like man this is so nice I really want this but also like this is out there so I'm like okay so it had me feeling like both happy and sad at the same time <laughs> Wow. No, that makes sense for sure. And they are out yeah. there, you know, praise God for the women who get to experience it. Me being one of the lucky. lucky Congratulations ones. to you, girl. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. While you were yeah. speaking, I was trying to like concentrate on you, but also think of like, okay, what is <laughs> um, my story? Uh, what made me feel a type of way? And I wish it was cute. And I wish it was beautiful. <laughs> that's fine that's who cares this is life I mean, it is life right well I'm gonna be honest um this week I was having an authentic conversation with one of my friends and we were talking about Caribbean culture so my parents are from the Caribbean they're from Barbados and being of Caribbean culture that comes with a lot of cultural norms that to me, especially as a first generation um, Canadian person, is just a little bit off to me. So one thing we were speaking about is how Caribbean parents just have such a hard time apologizing to their children when they do something that is offensive or just, you know, not the nicest. So we were having this conversation and we were just talking about different examples throughout our lives where you know, our parents may have said something or done something and we turn around like, that's wild. And we mm -hmm. ask for an apology, but for whatever reason, you know, I'm sure their upbringing, their experiences, 
they can't even fathom being able to apologize to their child. So that made me feel a type of way because as you know, we are mental health professionals within the social work field and we know how important and how you know valuable words are and how it can really be used to either uplift or to destroy a person. Mm-hmm. So I can say that through the years, my parents have gotten better at apologizing. However, it still takes a certain push and tug. Typically, and I'm sure you've seen the memes, right? Where it's kind of like, they do something bad, they don't say sorry, but then they turn around like, hey, are you hungry? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm telling you. Parents, Caribbean parents are action people, you know, they don't like words. (laughs) They don't like words. They're all about action. And I appreciate the action, but it's always nice to be paired with words. Let me give you one example. So my boyfriend is African-American. And there was one occasion where we were at his mom's house and they had some small argument about something. Mm -hmm. And later, we were like in the car driving away. 10 minutes later, she calls. She asks to be placed on speaker and she apologizes not only to him, but also to me. And I was sitting there like, there's no (laughs) way, there's no way in the world that like my mom is going to sit here or my dad is going to sit here and have like just Mm -hmm. a apology. It will more so be like, okay, you felt that type of way. This is what I meant. So they Mm -hmm. would explain where they were coming from but they wouldn't necessarily use the words like I am sorry yeah we're still working on it but it Mm -hmm. did make me feel way but it also made me feel it made me feel not alone to know that some of my friends are also going through things so I know it's definitely culturally um embedded in them and not definitely yeah for sure Well, thank you for sharing. I know that's kind of difficult, you know, to share such personal things. So I always appreciate when my... I'm like, oh my gosh, is this really coming out of my mouth? I know. (laughs) I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate when guests come on and are able to be as just open and honest, because I always say, you know, I, this is what I'm doing, but y'all don't have to do that. So I really appreciate that. I know it's hard, girl. I know it's hard. Anyways, we're going to just dive right into the topic at hand. You guys, this week, we're talking about fear. We're going to be talking about how fear really just keeps us stuck, how we don't do the things that we want to do because of it, and how we can overcome the fear. So first thing, I just wanted to talk about what is fear? What would you say is fear? Okay, well, I think I'm you know, taught to know that fear can be something that is realistic or unrealistic. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, it's like a threat to you and it takes you out of your comfort zone into a space where you just feel like for some reason uncomfortable, you're not really able to operate as you typically would. Mm -hmm. So fear is definitely a emotion or a feeling that you have. Um, as I said, it's either going to be based off of something real or not real at all. But for whatever reason, it feels like a threat to you. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's very, very um, similar to the definition in the dictionary. So I always do that. I always go to the dictionary. I want to see what they're saying. And so the dictionary here says 
fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, whether the threat is real or imagined. And I think that's really interesting because, you know, we talk a lot about fears of and, and a lot of times, you know, we think about fear as like a real thing that's actually happening. But there is very much fear that's not that's imagined that's not based on reality but maybe it's based on like a previous trauma response or something like that and i like the fact that you talked about the threat and feeling unsafe that's what the dictionary says too. it talks about feeling like you're in danger when i think about it like that i think about you know how how then can we define fear in just like the small things like being afraid to speak up, you know, because what kind of like danger are we really in when things like that come up, you know? And again, it comes right back to the the real or imagined threat that there is. What do you think about the, the, what do you think about that when it comes to like fear of like feeling unsafe or feeling like you're actually in danger? I mean, in reality, it makes no sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because no actual threat you shouldn't be fearful but exactly as people we've had so many experiences that in our minds are still stored in our subconscious right so that being said although speaking up in your example there is no direct threat you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. okay voice your opinion or whatever it may be but perhaps in the past could be during childhood or even growing up you voiced an opinion someone shut you down it traumatized you for whatever Mm -hmm. reason and now you may not know why can't I speak up right now but the reason is tied to something that possibly happened to you before so it is a threat you may just not be able to know exactly what it is Mm -hmm. but in all reality there's nothing there Yeah. You know, when it comes to like safety, this is something that I'm really um, I've been thinking about a lot and that's coming up, I think. And especially even as we talk about the Caribbean toxicity, I think this has a lot to do with it, where we think a lot about physical safety, but not enough on mental and emotional safety, you know, because I think even growing up in the Caribbean, especially, you know, my family's from Jamaica it's really dangerous down there in certain places. And, you know, you, you kind of have to live in a state of like hypervigilance in a sense, because of just the environment that you're in. So I think when the, when you're in environments like that, you're kind of forced to, um, you know, you're on edge a little bit, you're, you're not able to fully just relax. And I think yeah. that kind of also plays into the mental and emotional safety. But because the mental and emotional safety is so vulnerable, we as um, Caribbean people, Black people, we don't really want to face that, you know, and I think that's a, that's very, very important. Mental and emotional safety can be a, a threat, you know, because it's a threat to your mental and emotional health. And that's something that we don't talk about enough, I think. So you were kind of talking about, you know, things that happen when you're a kid. And that kind of leads into my next question, which is where does that fear come from? Where does fear come from? Well, I mean, I think initially, right, fear was a tool in order to keep yourself safe, kind of like you just said about safety, right? So it makes sense, okay, because if you see, like, I don't know, a truck coming down the street, mm-hmm. you have, you know, the sense to know, okay, well, I'm not going to step in front of the truck because 
bam, it's going to hit me. So fear kicks in and tells you, okay, don't do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It does protect you and it does keep you safe. But I think at the same time, sometimes fear doesn't only keep you safe, but it keeps you away from blessings that you could possibly be discovering or walking into just because of that aspect of the unknown. Yes. You know, as you said, too, you know, when you think about children, they have like no fear whatsoever. Like they when they're just there in the beginning, they're doing whatever. They're not able to even think about the consequences. You know, that's why they can do crazy things. And and then you as the adult are like, yes, you as the adult, the parent, whoever you're like, no, don't do that. And those are the things that incite fear because what happens is like when they're in the kitchen and you're cooking and they're getting close to the stove, you're like, no, get away. Cause you don't want to get burned, you know? And so then they learn, okay, let me step away from this. Right. And parents are really the, they are the, I think the big part of the things that we are afraid of comes from our parents. It comes from the environment that we're in. Right story for you. So you brought up the point of children, children being fearless. Yeah. So two weeks ago, my cousin who is from Barbados, he brought his little son to Canada mm-hmm. and son is like, at the time, I think he was like six or seven mm-hmm. and we were skating. So we strapped up his ice skates. Mind you, this boy has never seen snow, never <laughs> seen ice. Like this is not a thing, right? Yeah. So we strap up all his stuff. And we're going to the ice and we're speaking to him like, okay, you know, you need to hold on to the rail, all these different things. Homeboy was not even listening Homeboy <laughs> was to get on the ice and just start going. And I was like, in my mind, high key, I'm thinking of the blade from the skate, yep. like, your neck, like you can die. Mm-hmm. Like everything wrong is going through my mind. Right. Meanwhile, this seven-year-old is just like, ready to tackle the world and have a blast and have a good time. And I feel like as we get older and once we start to realize, you know, the realities of life and how dangerous like life really is, mm-hmm. we start to develop all these like little things that we carry with us, all these yes. little things with us. Not to say they're not realistic because I mean the blade from the skate can totally cut you and mm-hmm. kill you. But I just thought it was interesting that for him, he was like, no thought, no thought, yep. of any of this, nothing at all. Meanwhile, I'm freaking out in my mind. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing. Like as adults, we just think about all the possible like bad things that can happen. And we're just like, nope, 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 nope. And I, I, I want to have that fearlessness as kids again, you know, not the recklessness, but just like going after things and doing things that you want without really just concern for all the possibilities, you know? And I think that's another thing, you know, fear breeds anxiety, right? And then you have like, okay, you're worrying constantly because if you do this, then like this is possibly going to happen. And it's so debilitating. What are, talk about like any like personal experiences that you have had with fear that really just kept you like stuck or just like not moving in the direction where you really wanted to go? Mercy. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Um every day. (laughs) Really? Okay. I'm exaggerating. Definitely not every day, but Mm -hmm. 
okay, so I don't know if you can relate to this, but for me, I feel like, and I'm starting to learn to get out of this, but as a Christian, I feel like I've always been in this certain box of just, this is right, this is wrong, you have to navigate within this box in mm-hmm. order to be a good Christian, um, in order to be a good woman, in order to be a good kid, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always trying to navigate within boxes. Yes. Because of, that, um, because of those labels, because of those boxes that I've been placed in just in different, at different points in my life by different people, um, I've always kept myself in those boxes. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like with any little thing, I'm just kind of like, okay, what does the Bible say? Or not even the Bible, let's be honest, but like, what would my parents say? Right? Because that's where we initially learn these different ways of being. Or, okay, if I am in a nine to five corporate job, Mm -hmm. right? I need to fit corporate. So it's like, well, what would my boss think if I Mm -hmm. did this or wore this or whatever else? So there are definitely many spaces, many times where I feel like I'm navigating that line of fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, can I actually just be? Mm. Girl, I, you're speaking my life right now. I, this is actually something I'm like, I hope you're following that. I'm following girl. I'm following because this is something that I've been working on in my therapy and just in the past couple months, like, you know, you know, like just going through everything that I've been going through and it's kind of like, I'm really getting to know myself again in a different way, you know? And so I'm also figuring out like, who am I? What do I believe in? Like, what is important to me? And yeah, there's now, now I'm in a place of living my life for myself. And it's like, uh, how I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out that I can make decisions for myself and not because this person's going to think this, or this is going to be important for this person. But like, what is really important for me? And even as you were saying, you know, making certain decisions because of, what is accepted, what your parents taught you, what society tells you you need to do. And that box that you like, yeah, I have always lived within the box. And, you know, the worst part, I think for me is I thought that the box was right. Like I thought that that was the good thing to do. I didn't question the box at all. I, I felt like this is what we should do. And so we just do it until my life fall apart. And it was like, Hmm. So I've, I've lived in the box. It didn't work out for me. So do I need to still keep on doing that? Because obviously it didn't work out. Like something I did was not one plus one didn't equal two. So what, what am I doing here? And even right now, I like you and now in a place of like, transition and figuring out myself. And even just like recently, I, I'm looking for jobs and I I've I've been finding them far away from my from here and I've found some that are here but they're not what I want to do and a big part of me is like well I do want to be here my parents are here you know I know they're gonna miss me if I'm gone and I really do want to be here but at the same time it's like if I need to go far away then I need to go far away to you know 
better my career and put me in the place where I want to be. Like, if that's necessary, then okay, that's fine. But it's, but I find myself like literally yesterday, I find myself like thinking, well, maybe I couldn't do this. And like almost like settling because I know this is what would make everyone else happy. And, you know, myself too a little bit it's like it's like i'm convincing myself well this will make me happy too but like will it though because you're not doing what you really want to do anything we can make ourselves believe whatever we want to make ourselves believe just to feel safe and comforted in that Mm -hmm. moment that's very that's very real i think um, even about the boxes i don't i don't know if i shared this with you when we um bumped into each other most Mm -hmm. recently Um, but this year for me, every year I have a theme. I don't really do like, I guess, resolutions per se, Mm -hmm. but I do have, and for me this year is all about the unboxing of myself. I love that. Like this box, I never questioned it to Mm -hmm. me. Life was very black and white. There was no no gray. When people would bring like different questions and inquiries and, um, just problems to me, it was always so simple. It's like, look, this is right. This is wrong. Keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten old and especially this chapter that I'm in right now, I'm discovering life is all about the gray. If anything, there's way more gray than black and white. Facts. Yep. I'm also experiencing that too. Like, I feel like I'm talking to myself here because I had this same conversation with my friend. I've kind of been having these kind of conversations where it's like, yeah, I, I have always been black and white and actually the thing that helped me break out of the black and white thinking is working in the field working with people and seeing that it's not just as simple as one two three there are so many different factors that play into different people's lives and the reason why they do things and it's it's just not that simple and so it's like I realize this and I it's helped me to have empathy like girl I used to be real just like judging everybody looking at everybody like girl what are you doing over here you know like really because of my way of thinking of this like black and white way of thinking I would look like down on people who don't have that same type of thinking and that's just so detrimental because it not only keeps you like stuck right it keeps you your mind just so closed but it also keeps you from exploring um different relationships with people like you are you are cut off from so many people that because of this like intolerance and this like difference and you're really just missing out and i realized that when i got to start working and i was like no like i don't want to do this this is not the life for me like i really want to and ultimately it's not what I believe to be a, a true Christian, because that's the thing. Like when I think about being a Christian, I think about Jesus's example on this world, in this world, he was out here with everybody. He was never judging nobody. And, and he of all people had the right to judge everybody because he knew everyone's hearts, but he was with everyone. He had a relationship with all kinds of different people and he spread just love and and it made differences in people's lives. So it's just like, I just feel like I closed myself off so much by staying staying in the box, you know? So I, I, I love hearing you talk about the unboxing because I do feel like I'm going through that very similar experience. And just like kind of bringing it back to that fear thing, you know, we, talk, we have like fear of disappointing people, 
you know, we have the fear of failing because, okay, what if we do this and doesn't work out, right? What is, um, well, yeah, what is something that for you that, what that happened where your fear kept you stuck? Like you, because of your fear, you were not moving. Hmm. I think, okay, well, here's an example. (laughs) I love that you're doing this podcast because I started to record podcast episodes at the end of last year. So the end of um, 2020. Yeah. Actually, forget that. Throughout all of 2020, actually, I was doing vlogs, just like daily vlogs. I wanted to actually remember the pandemic. I wanted to document my experience throughout COVID-19, which I mean, is still here. But Mm -hmm. I had done that. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to start a podcast or like a YouTube channel or something. Mm -hmm. And I just never, I, I haven't done it. You yeah. know, and I'm still in that space of just like being fearful for so many different reasons. But you mentioned like the fear of failure and it's like, okay, well, what if I do this? And like, nobody tunes in or what if I do this and I can't even keep up with it and I mm-hmm. fail myself. So all these little things that um have just stopped me from doing it or even girl, there's so many things to be honest. Yeah. Well, I like that you brought up the podcast because that's, we talked about that obviously when we met the other day and you know, that's, I was telling you that I, I I'm still scared. Like I literally just like last week, I did an episode where I got real, real vulnerable and I was freaking out. And I was like, oh, I don't know what people are going to think when they hear this, you know? And I talked about that in therapy too. And my therapist had to remind me, like, you cannot be responsible for other people's feelings. You just, you can't control what other people are going to do. You can't control how they're going to feel and respond to you. You can only control yourself. So what is it that you need and want and will ultimately be healthy for you? And the answer is do the thing that is scary because that thing that is scary is ultimately going to bring me relief. It's going to bring me a release because it's something that I've been holding on to for so long that's been dying to get out. And all I've been doing is just like keeping it in there because I'm afraid of what people are going to say. And in the end, you know, I did it anyways. And, you know, the, the best part of this podcast is when... I do something that I'm really, really afraid of. And then I get people saying, I'm so glad you said this because when you said this, like this made me feel this way or I feel the same way. I'm going through the same thing. And I cannot tell you, girl, how many times that has happened. And not only just has it happened, but how many times I said something and then someone tells me, you what you said here really helped me and I'm like what did I even say and then I go back and I listen to myself (laughs) and I'm like I needed to hear my own words at that moment because you know like you're you're in different spaces at different times like I love the the father talking about like documenting things and honestly a part of the podcast for me too is a way of like documenting my my healing journey because I am still on the journey I haven't figured it out yet like we're still in the trenches but you know I'm figuring it out and and I'm scared all the time. Every time I put on an episode, every time a premieres, girl, I'm always scared. Every time I have to promote it, I'm scared. But I do it 
and it's worth it. And then, and then I'm like, now why, why was I even afraid? Like this wasn't even that scary. You know what I mean? And, and that's the beauty of it. Like you said earlier that, you know, you like the podcast because of the, the authenticity and just like being real. And I was telling you, that's the same thing for you. Like people, people love that because they relate to it because they can see themselves in it. And that's all people want at the end of the day. They want to be able to see themselves in anything. Like that's the reason why vlogs and all the stuff with like celebrities are so popular because it's like, oh, they're a human too. You know, we put people on these like pedestals because of whatever reason. And and when we real, when we humanize them, it's like, oh, okay, you know, it makes you feel like you can do the same thing, you know. And so, I told you, girl, do the podcast. Be yeah, scared. Just do, do it, it anyway. <laughs> and that's like my motto. Typically, is like, do it scared. You know what I mean? Like, do mm-hmm. it anyhow. But yeah, I'm convincing myself. I'm trying to convince myself yes. that I actually can do it. And I told you, girl, just do it. Pick a date and do it. Don't even second guess yourself. Like, here's the thing, too. What what are your biggest fears when it comes to doing the podcast? Like, really, like, what is it that about it that make make you hesitate? I think I'm just not a social media person. Okay. So because that's like not even my thing, it's like, Mm -hmm. why do you this? You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, editing videos is fun, you know. And I personally think I do fun things all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, think I have a pretty exciting, like, regular person life, you know. Mm-hmm. But so I'm like, okay, I think it could be fun to watch. But what stops me is just, I would be so heartbroken if I didn't get, like, the views that I want. Mm. You know? Of course, with anything, you have to grow it. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. know you have to but I'm just like, do you, do I actually have the dedication to, even if it's minimal views, to keep doing it consistently over and over in order to get there? Because that's what it really takes, right? It takes, yeah. it takes you being committed to something. And I'm really just going through my mind, kind of like, do you actually have the dedication? Are you actually committed to doing this? Or is this just something that you're going to do once? Be like, oh, mm-hmm. that was fine. And then move on to something else. And I mean, if I do do that, it's not the end of the world either. Mm -hmm. So like logically, you know, logically, I know there's nothing stopping me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what is the other side of it? I don't know. I don't know. mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, I relate to everything you're saying because I mean, I'd be on social media, but like, yeah, when it comes to promoting the podcast and stuff and it is a lot, like that is a full-time job in and of itself. And I'm not like, I don't know anything about anything. And I really had to learn about that. And I'm still, I'm not the greatest at promotion and all of that. But I think the most important thing about this or anything that you're going to do is the intention behind the thing, you know, like what is really the reason for it? Because like, yes, you know, there are the views and stuff like that, but I feel like you're doing, you would want to do this. Um, and for a similar reason that I would want to do this, which is to help other people, you know, to reach other people, to let people know that they're not alone in whatever it is that they're feeling to be authentic to whatever experience they're going through. And 
like for me personally, when I decided to do that, I thought about the same thing. Like, okay, what if I don't have time when I get a real job? Like, I'm not gonna have time to do this and all that stuff. But I felt such a conviction and such like, I really felt like this was God's purpose for me. I felt like this is what I should be doing because this will allow me to reach people like I'll never know, you know. I will never know who all is listening and who I'm reaching, but it's going to give me a bigger platform to help people and um when I had that like like calling, I'm going to say calling because I really feel like that's what it was. It was like, it doesn't matter about the views. Like even if just one person listens to it, that's fine. You know, it doesn't matter if I can't see who all is listening. And girl, let me tell you, when I first started the podcast, I was amazed because I thought only 10 people are going to listen, which is basically my family. <laughs> okay. But that didn't happen. And actually when I look at my analytics, I have people listening like as of as of like the, I don't check it all the time doing that's what I'm saying like don't get caught up in the views I I purposefully like don't check it too much because I don't want it to become like the main thing but the last time I checked it in total since I put it out people in 52 different countries have listened to the podcast like 52 different countries not we're not talking about like states girl that's a big deal that's, that's a, a big deal, deal. and big i deal. i'm amazed because i'm just like how how did this even happen there are people who i'll never know i'll never meet and they're listening to me right now they're gonna listen to this and we don't even know who they are and you just don't know who it's gonna reach so when i think about things like that i'm like I can't stop now. It's not like we're you know, we're not in the thousands. I'm not getting thousands of people listening to me like right now. But yes, it's gonna take consistency. It's growing. But when I think about you know who who this can help, I'm like, there's no way I can stop this. And you know, I have, as I said before, gotten people reaching out and saying, you know, thank you for saying this and what you're doing is helping me. And because you said this, I did this. And I was just like, I'm a nobody. <laughs> like, I'm just a regular person, you know? So girl, do it. That's all I have to say. And to anyone out there listening for anything, you don't have to do podcasts or anything major like that, but do the thing because you never know what can come out of it. You just never know. So true. So when true. I think about, um, I saw this, when I was thinking about this podcast, right, I was looking at some, I'm thinking about questions, and I was looking at some things on the internet, and I saw this one blog that was talking about fear, and they asked a really interesting question, which I, I took a long time thinking about, and it said, what would you do if you had absolutely no fear? Like, what would you be able to accomplish if, like, you never had fear at all. If you were truly fearless like a child, like what would the possibilities be? Wow. <laughs> that's yeah. what I said. That's really deep. That's really deep. Yeah. And, I'm thinking of it, and unfortunately, and it's so sad, but unfortunately, like, because I'm in this process now of unboxing myself, right? Mm -hmm. The ceiling was only so high in my mind, Right. So it's beautiful to think, okay, remove the ceiling and the sky is your limit, mm -hmm. you know, you can all these different things, but it's like, even in myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, what would I do? You know, I don't even know. Right. But that's a great question. And I think 
at least for myself, I'm definitely going to sit down and think about that. Like if fear was not, was not a part of the scenario at all, mm-hmm. what, would I do? what would I do differently? I don't know. I think a lot of things. I think a lot of things. Um, first thing I thought of was jump out of a plane, a moving plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never would do that. But if fear didn't exist, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I definitely would start the YouTube channel. I definitely would start the podcast. I definitely would do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, I think about like, I was thinking about that too for myself. And I think the thing about fear, as I said before, is it's just so debilitating. It really does keep you stuck. For me, um, it's crazy because I feel like, I feel like I have for the most part, just, I don't know. I, I don't think it's intentional, but I've kind of been forced to just do the things, even though I'm scared of it. For example, I remember that my last job, girl, let me tell you, my last job was at a community mental health center. And I was living in a place where there were a lot of Spanish speakers. And now I speak Spanish, right? So here's the thing, though. Like, I learned Spanish. I'm not a native Spanish speaker. So I learned it when I went to school. I did a lot of years of studying it. And then, of course, I did the year abroad. But... And I was also married to a Spanish-speaking person, so there's that. But I really was so insecure about my Spanish, you know? I just, I was very afraid to say I'm bilingual because I felt like I didn't know everything. I didn't know all the words, and I didn't know all, like, the technical words that there were. And what if what if the people are going to want me to, like, be, like, technical like I don't know I only know you know like base I mean I know a little bit more than basic but at the time I was like I don't know anything okay and so I applied for this job and they specified they want a bilingual person and I was like should I put bilingual I'm like oh I put it anyways girl I put it and I immediately was like I regret this because guess what the people called me like the same day the same day I sent in that application they called me and they hired me and I knew they hired me just because they saw that I was bilingual and I was just like oh my gosh I remember the time I was crying I was talking to my friends my ex at the time I was like why did I do this I don't know what I'm doing and girl let me tell you like (laughs) it was struggle because I got in there and like 80% of my clients were Spanish speaking clients. And I was just like forced to figure it out. You know, I was forced to practice my Spanish, which honestly I had not been practicing really. I was forced to like learn a lot of therapeutic things while also having the challenge of the speaking Spanish. But that was such an amazing experience. And my Spanish you know, obviously got so much better just by doing that. And also like no one was judging me. Like I was so afraid of being judged by these people because my Spanish was not great, but like literally no one judged me. Like no one thought, what is this girl trying to do? Like my Spanish was, I would know, I would would even preface her by like, listen, I just learned Spanish. Like I'm not a native speaker. Like don't, first of all, I would be talking and they'd all be like, Oh, where are you from? Like everybody thought I was from like Dominican Republic. And I'm like, girl, no, we from, we're from Jamaica. Like we're not native. And they'd be like, Oh my gosh, we're surprised because my Spanish was so good. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> but I, 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 that's the thing. Like I would even preface it so that the expectation was down here again to protect me because of that fear, right? So we and, are much harder on ourselves, right? Than exactly. While you are there feeling like an imposter, like, hey, you guys, I don't really speak Spanish. You know what I mean? When you do. You exactly. Put in, time, put in the work. You've gone abroad for an entire, was it a whole year, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Abroad for an entire year. You used to go to even like the Spanish church. Girl, everything in my life was Spanish, okay? I had the Spanish man, the Spanish church, the Spanish friends, like everybody. I was surrounded by Spanish all the time. So like, yeah, I did. And that's the thing. I think that when we're afraid, like you said, we devalue ourselves and the work that we put in and what we've done. It's like we, um, what is it? We invalidate ourselves essentially and what we've accomplished and and it just sends you into a, a very like illogical place you know because like you said yeah the reality is i did know spanish <laughs> i was able to have conversations i did help people you know like girl let me tell you there was this one time when i had to do a baker act which is like um like an, an involuntary hospitalization it was my very first involuntary hospitalization okay that's when like someone is psychotic or they're not going to be they're suicidal and they're not able to stay safe so you have to you have to hospitalize them as you as the clinician girl the, my first one ever i was like 4 months in on the job and she was a spanish speaking person and when I, I was the only person there who could speak Spanish, like my supervisor had to be there to help me do it. He didn't speak Spanish. When we had to call the trans care team, they didn't speak Spanish. So I had to like interpret the thing. And then when all the trans care team came, none of them spoke Spanish. And I had to be there to like literally like de-escalate this woman. And Girl, I have never been, I don't think I've ever been that scared in my life because this is like a life and death situation that we're dealing with. And also like they're relying on my like Spanish speaking skills. Like I have, first of all, this lady is like super heightened and I have to really bring her back. But also I have to make sure that all these people who are working with her are going to give her the best help possible. Like it was so much pressure, but that would never have been able to happen if I didn't put myself in this situation and ultimately everything was fine she was fine it all worked out I feel like God was really there to help me honestly I feel like he gave me all the words to say but like it worked out and and I I did it you know like I had the skills enough to handle the crisis and also handle the crisis in Spanish, you know? And so I, I try to remind myself of things like this when I get scared to do other things. Cause I'm like, you know what? There was a time when you were really afraid to do this one thing, but you did it and it didn't turn out terribly. And like people were helped in the process, you know? So in thinking about fear, what would you say? Um, do you think that fear can be a motivation for you? For me, I would say no. I think, <laughs> I think for a lot of people it can, right? Yeah. For some people that can be a booster onto something greater, something else. For me, I would rather not if I'm being mm -hmm. completely. Um, but you were speaking about, you know, speaking Spanish, 
being in a situation where you didn't altogether feel comfortable or you didn't feel like your value was what mm-hmm. it really was, right? And I think that comes to imposter syndrome, you know, just being in spaces where we may not necessarily feel like we belong. But mm-hmm. the reality of the fact is, if you got the job, you belong to be there, right? Yes. But for whatever reason, I think especially, I don't want to say especially, but as Black women, you know what I mean? Navigating spaces, spaces that sometimes you feel like you don't necessarily fit the mold. Mm-hmm. I, in, I actually have a job interview. Um, I have a job interview as a forensic social worker. Oh, that is so cool. I've been recently looking for a new employment and mm-hmm. I actually offered a position, which is um, dealing with substance abuse. So I've never done that before. So that too will be completely new, but I have the opportunity to interview as a forensic social worker working for a law firm. And as I was thinking about it, as I'm preparing for it, it's coming up in a few days. And I was just thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, what do I look like not knowing anything, (laughs) you know, about forensics, not knowing much about um, American law because I'm not from here. Mm -hmm. Like, like walking in there and just like faking it till I make it. You know what I mean? And people will tell you that often. Just fake it till you make it, girl. Just pretend like you know. And to be honest, I'm tired of the idea of faking it till I make it. Mm. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Because I understand the gem in faking it in that space. Mm-hmm. Do you think that takes a toll on your mental health? Mm. And on your Say more about that. Um... And I haven't completely formulated a a total thought to it, but I kind of feel like when you're in a space and you're faking it every day, it gets tiring. Mm -hmm. You start to mold yourself and shape yourself into what you believe these people want you to be Mm. as opposed to being yourself authentically. And I think for myself, I've reached a point in my career where wherever I am, I want to be able to show up as my authentic self. I love that. That means my hair being in braids down to my bum or, you know, me deciding to do a silk press, whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. know, to really show up and Mm -hmm. to just me. And one of the reasons why I even say that is at my most recent um, internship during my graduate experience, I was working with intimate partner violence, um, women of domestic violence, and my supervisor, um, she basically told me something to the effect of, oh, you're too serious on the job. You can't be up on the table. I would kick my feet up on the table. Like, it's okay. You can do that. You can let loose. And for me, I take internships. I take jobs very seriously. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I come in and I'm just like sour. No, I come in. I will talk to everyone. I will stop by the different offices. Hey, how you doing? How was your weekend? Blah, blah, blah. But when it's time for me to work, I'm right. Yeah. And her passing that judgment on me, especially in a space that is supposed to be like mental health related, like Mm -hmm. you should know better better than to really just outwardly judge me Mm -hmm. and be like, this and I remember having this conversation with a friend where you know I felt a type of way and I told my friend 
And she was like, well, what does that even mean? You're too serious at your job or right. quiet or you're too, like, what does that mean? You're too, you are who you are and it's okay to be whoever you are. And for me, whatever job it is. So even, I know you said you're, you're thinking about um, getting a job away from home or near home mm-hmm. for me. Whatever job I get, I have to be able to show up as my authentic self. And I don't fake it till I make it. If I don't know something, I'm okay asking. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm on a tangent now, but I've been like to the supermarket, right? And there would be a brand new cashier who's at the cash and they're taking, you know, longer than normal in order to scan my items and whatever else. And they will just be so apologetic. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's my first day. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, let me call this person. Mm-hmm. And call like a superior. The superior will be like, okay, move. Like, I'll show you. You know what I mean? And for me, it's like, hey, person, it's okay. It's okay to be on a learning curve. It's okay to, yes. not, be okay to not have to fake the funk. It's okay, mm. to, it's okay to be like, you know what? I'm not sure right now. Yeah. Like, I'm, know how to do this thing and you shouldn't in my opinion have to fake it as if you do because Mm. I feel that would do more bad than good at least in my experience yeah that's a really interesting point because the whole idea of faking it till you make it is like you pretend like you know what you're doing and hopefully at some point you will know what you're doing you know but i think the point you made up about you you made about the um the supervisor coming in and kind of being condescending is there is definitely like a, a certain level of pressure or or not enough mercy or grace to make mistakes like coming in as a new person it's like no you're not supposed to you know, like there is this expectation that you jump in the water and you know how to swim immediately and that's just not realistic like you it was the same thing for me actually when I um went into the field too like I did my internship and then I got into this job and, and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing but thank god my supervisor was so great he understood that I just came out of grad school and he was very much a support and and I, and I think that's the whole purpose of even as social workers why we have supervision while we have group supervision to have our peers to talk about these things because like we don't know what we're doing we're learning as we go along we need that support and we need to feel like it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to learn and figure it out so I really like that point and I think that's very um relevant in all different um situations and it's not funny that you brought up also the the hair thing girl because my hair is blonde now for the people watching y'all are gonna see that this is new because I'm also in this like interviewing world now like I'm looking for jobs and my hair was pink and I was like well I guess it's time for me to be professional so like let me go with something that's a little bit more tame you know and it's like yeah even something like this like I literally was even telling my friend because I remember this like girl we went to college together I remember one of our teachers told us (laughs) she told me one time back when my hair was longer I had my hair in twists and she said you can't wear your hair like that when you go on job interviews you can't wear your hair in twists because twists are unprofessional and I was like 
how you know and that's the thing black women especially have been told that our existence is unprofessional black people our existence is unprofessional no and it's sad too because yeah there uh, there's still a part of me that is like feeding into that because hello you know but and what I said is, you know, I, I get the job, then I can do whatever I want. You know, I get the job first and then the hair can be whatever color it can be. You know, but we got to suss out this, the, the the situation to see what kind of thing it is. But like, girl, my therapist, her hair is pink. And it's just like, why does this matter? You know what I mean? Um, we live in, right? That's just, Those are the societal norms that we live in and we abide in. But the more I grow, even in de- even just trying to deconstruct the various ideals and ideologies mm-hmm. that I carry. I'm just thinking like, why is it that way? Who created these rules? Who exactly. I have to be X, Y, Z in order to be quote unquote professional. And let me just share a very quick story. I don't know if you've seen this in recent social media news or whatever, but I read a story. Actually, there was a picture posted of, I think some type of school teacher or staff or something at a graduation. It is this black male teacher or something. I don't know his position. Mm-hmm. And he was beside a graduate, a high school graduate. And the story under the cat under the under the picture basically goes that sorry, let me start over. Okay. The caption under the picture mm-hmm. goes that basically this young boy went to his graduation, he didn't have the right shoes on, and they told him that he couldn't walk. Mm. So in picture, you see the teacher wearing socks, and you see the boy wearing shoes that are clearly too big for his feet. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the teacher went on to give his shoes to the boy so that he can walk. Aww. And the story, and I see the comments, oh, wow, beautiful, da 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 whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not okay. It's not okay that this young boy put in hours of schooling. Right. He passed the exams. He did everything required for him to be able to graduate. But because he doesn't have the proper shoes on his feet, he's not able to walk across the stage. Dumb. So dumb. Where is this? Because, I, girl, I've seen some people wearing some things in graduation. So that's so dumb. Like, where was this? Was this in America? Girl, of course. Hello. <laughs> that is ridiculous you're absolutely correct i feel like there's definitely so many constraints put on us as a society as women girl don't mean to get me started as women because i feel like there's just so many struggles that we have to deal with as a woman just to be taken seriously as black women that's even worse okay we just have, we just have all the things stacked against us and it's like can we just live can we live <laughs> like literally oh girl anyways let's not go there because i will go on a tangent okay <laughs> now i think this is kind of like wrapping it up a little bit when we think about overcoming the fear how do we do that like how do we really because we're not gonna fake it till we make it so what do we do how can we make sure that we're living the lives that we want to live you know we're unboxing ourselves how can we do that and overcome that fear 
So yeah, I think it starts with therapy. I think you're doing it right now. You're being able to sit down and have those real conversations. A lot of people feel like therapy is just venting. And it's not that. It's really being able to come to terms with yourself, who you are, what's in your mind, why is it there? Why do I think this way? And really learning to shift the thoughts in our mind or at least learn how to operate with this level of fear. Because for some people, anxieties and fear may always remain, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really learning how to operate within that space and not allowing it to hold you back. So I'm personally not in therapy. I'm not, you know, in counseling at this time, but I am working on myself as far as journaling, as far as being introspective, as far as just asking myself, like, hey, Latonia, why are you thinking this way? What is really stopping you? And really, at least for me, trying my best to push past it. And in most instances, and I think I said it earlier, like, I don't really, for the most part, except for the YouTube and podcast thing, I don't really let fear stop me. I feel the fear and I push past it. But I think it's important to be able to sit in the fear, feel the fear and be okay with that uncomfortable feeling. I think a lot of the times we always want to feel good. We want Mm -hmm. to feel joy, we want to feel happy. We want to feel all of the nice quote unquote emotions and feelings, but life is made up of more than that. You know, we are complex human beings and we have sadness to navigate. We have anger to navigate to navigate and I think for me I'm learning to be uncomfortable and to Mm -hmm. be okay in the discomfort and to really just be able to sit in it and be okay this is making me feel uncomfortable why is that deconstruct those thoughts and whatever Mm -hmm. else and then just push past it so hopefully with YouTube and podcasts and whatever else but for the most part in my life that is what I tend to do to push past fear yeah I think what you said about really understanding where the fear comes from is so essential because so many times like it's so ingrained in us that we just we live our lives this way because just this is how it's been for however long but when we can understand why this is and realize like how it's actually affecting our lives like what is the fear actually costing us then we can say okay like let me do x y and z to get over it and sometimes sometimes it is just doing the thing that's hard and dealing with whatever comes up when you do that you know that's what I've done what I've done is I'm scared and I've just done it anyway every time sometimes like I literally when it comes to texting or even just like the emails like literally yesterday I'm here and I'm just like send <laughs> don't even look twice and then I'm like why did I just do that and then I go all over there but it's too late I already did it and sometimes you just got to do it sometimes whatever the thing is you have to take the time <laughs> and just press the button and deal with it later you know but it is it is hard and it does require some self reflection and introspection and an ability to look within and not everybody can do that but you know think about the quality of life that you're trying to live and this is the thing that again my therapist told me this week is if you keep this in and I'll just relate it back to fear. If you allow this fear that you're having stop you, how does that affect your life? Like, how does that help you? How does that relieve the burden that you so clearly are carrying right now? And the reality is it's not. So again, I think it comes to how much do you want to change and how much do you want things to just stay the same? And 
if they're going to say the same and they're going to suck and you have to be willing to deal with that and are you okay with living your life being unsatisfied you know and at the end of the day you can keep the peace you can just kind of be comfortable because that's the the easy thing to do but you're it's going to catch up to you at some point when you realize i don't want to do this or i don't like this or this does not give me a sense of fulfillment and better to do the thing now than years later when you were you lived life and you regret like all these years you know so my advice is and me and my friend we have a saying and it's very cheesy but it is what it is whenever anything happens i just be like girl nike just do it okay <laughs> nike that's our thing nike do it that's it you know sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet and just do the thing so that's what i'm telling you girl put a date to your podcast okay i'm just waiting for the day when you can be like okay podcast is out on x y x day so i can hit that subscribe button that follow button okay you know what's crazy like i've done a lot of um podcast like this mm -hmm. I've done a lot like this so like I am you know on YouTube somewhere on other people's stuff um however I don't know when it comes to my own like I've just always been that person to like operate in the background it's mm. like I will grow whatever it is that you're doing I will assist I'll be happy to help <laughs> whatever else but to actually be the person who is like you know the driver's seat mm -hmm. Something about that freaks me out. But hopefully before, you know, 2021 ends, I can be like, Dania girl, here's my podcast information. Yes. <laughs> and we'll be able to plug it all. That we'll have you on again that time. And then we'll just talk about all the things and just promote you and plug you when the time comes. And I hope it's sooner rather than later. Because girl, let me just tell you, you know, we're in, we're in, this is going to come out in June. So well, we're in May now, so uh, we got basically six months left, honey, till the end of 2021. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Next thing you're going to be like, okay, 2022. 2022. Girl, listen, y'all, whoever listens to this, don't quote me. Like, this <laughs> don't take her. Don't take her seriously. <laughs> no, don't, don't. Do not, because it is <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, Latanya, this was a great conversation. We are going to close it up with our What God Has Taught Me segment because we can't end the podcast without hailing up the good, the big guy up there. So what is something that God has taught you um, recently that you want to share? Well, this is sad, but he has taught me recently that I don't trust him. Mm. I don't trust him as much as I think I do mm -hmm. as much as I would like to I don't and that is evident to me because of the level of fear that I experience mm. again I do push past things I still you know do whatever it is that I want to do but in those moments, it's just like, Latanya, why don't you trust me? And I think a part of that is not really understanding his character. Wow. And I mean, I grew up in the church, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
And I was definitely that kid that could tell you all the little Bible stories, the scriptures, et cetera, et cetera. Like I could do all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it wasn't until my adult years where I really had to rely on him for myself because Mm -hmm. very comfortable. I grew up not needing anything. You know what I mean? So like you say your prayers and it's like, oh, Lord, help me with this. Help me with that. Blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. you know, it's being taken care of. Like you don't really need this prayer for real, for real. Let's be honest, you know? (laughs) Girl, I get you. (laughs) But now that I'm more so on my own, doing my own thing and I'm growing in womanhood, adulthood, and I'm learning that, okay, there really needs to be a real true dependence on God, a really, a real understanding of his character and who he is. Because we know God is love, mm-hmm. God is um, gracious, merciful, et cetera, et cetera, all these wonderful things. But then I realized I operate as if he's not. I operate mm. as if he's the God who wants to strike me down with a lightning bolt. That's the way I behave. Mm. So what he has taught me recently and what he is teaching me is to trust him, how to trust him, who he is. And really getting to know his character for myself and not just what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, what is out there about him. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that, girl. Because that's really, that is very honest and authentic. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And so just to hear you say that is, I really appreciate you saying that. And that's definitely something that I have also relate to. I've been, over the past like couple of years, I think I've really been taking my personal relationship with God more seriously and more like intentional and less of like, okay, this is what everybody else is telling me, but really like on a journey of my own personal relationship. And, you know, the point that you made about um, knowing God instead of knowing of him, essentially, you know, we, we know of him because we know what everyone else has told us of him, right? We see, especially in the church, I think like we see, what is done in the church. And sometimes we equate what happens in the church and how people are in the church to who God is. And sometimes, unfortunately, people in the church don't necessarily represent God in the best way, you know? And I think really just learning who he is for ourselves is so important. And I'm really glad that you're on that journey. Um, For me, you know... I've also been going through a journey of trust as well. You know, what I've been reading, um, I recently have been reading the story of Samson, actually. And one thing that I've learned is, you know, Samson, uh, you know, what a sad story because he had such great potential. Like God had a huge plan for him and he just let it go to waste. He did his own thing. God said, you need to do this, this, and this. And like the moment that he had a choice, he did the complete opposite of those things. And it got him into a lot of trouble, ultimately led him to losing everything, losing everything that was important, 
losing God, you know, and he didn't even realize when that happened. Like God, I think that like he had slowly been losing things just with the decisions he was making. God was still very, very merciful toward him. But, you know, that time when his hair was shaved and he lost the strength that God had given him, he didn't even realize. Like, I, I just read where, when, so for those who don't know the story of Samson, basically the God, when Samson was born, he was like the strongest person ever. And a lot of his strength was in his hair, which not technically in his hair, you know, he had to follow the Nazarene law and stuff like that. Anyway, his hair was sacred. He was never to touch the hair, never to shave it. He was never to eat, um, come across anything dead, like no clean, um, dead animals or anything like that. And he was supposed to just live a clean life. And he didn't do any of those things. And so he got married. He got married to someone he should not have gotten married to. And this person did not love him. This person was just trying to take advantage, which she did. She eventually wanted, she wanted to find out what, his where the strength came from and he played her a couple times and finally he told her the truth because he was she kept nagging him and when the people came when the philistines came the who, who were his enemies when they came to get him he's he literally thought okay i'm just gonna do the same thing i did in the whole before he thought they're tying him up i'm just gonna break through and he tried to break through and it didn't work because his strength was gone at that point and i just felt i, I read that and i was like man I never want to get to a place where I lose God or I lose that relationship. I don't even know that I did. Like, I don't want to get into a place where I'm doing my own thing so much so that the lack of God is not even clear to me, you know, because what ended up happening is all the potential, like he could have been such a great person. Like he could have done so many great things and that just went down the drain. And so reading that i just i guess i just realized how merciful god was because he was so merciful to samson and in the end you know his last prayer samson was able to he he got caught captured he went to jail the people gouged his eyes out he was at that point gonna live a terrible life and so he was able to pray a final prayer of victory for his people where he ended up dying while also killing the en his enemies and God answered his prayer. I mean, he did all the worst things of the worst. Like he, he should not, God should not have answered his prayer. And if we were like God, if we were God, we would not have done it. But thankfully God is a God of mercy and grace and love. And he continues to give us things and do things for us that we do not deserve. And just seeing that we can make the worst decisions. And, and if we're able to humble ourselves and come to him, he'll answer our prayers. And I think that's, that's a big thing that I'm kind of carrying with me. I mean, I obviously don't want it to get to the point where I'm making the mistakes like Samson, but just kind of being aware of God's mercy and love. And, you know, that same thing you were saying about God being just someone to strike you down, remembering that he's not that kind of, that's not who he is. He wants us to be saved. He loves us and he only wants the best for us. That's it. So that's my thing that I've been reflecting and learning um, over my past studies. 
Yes. So anyway, girl, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I, I love this conversation. It was so good. I'm going to have you back on again. Hopefully, you know, when you tell me that your podcast is coming out, <laughs> but if not, if not, you know what, if that's not what is for you, we're still right. going to have you on because this was great. So awesome. thank you so well, much for coming on. I'm excited. To, as I said, I'm super excited to have been able to join you. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate your platform. I know a lot of people do. So keep being authentic. Keep giving us great conversations. And yeah, girl, let's hear what's going on in the life of day. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, guys, until next week. Bye. And there you guys have it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking to LaTanya. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me, y'all. We're still figuring out the YouTube thing, but I think we're getting the hang of it. So thank you guys. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to the channel so that you can get the notification when the new episode comes out every Tuesday. Okay. And don't forget to subscribe to Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, go ahead and follow me y'all on social media at I am not okay pod on Instagram. And I am not okay with day podcast on Facebook. Y'all go ahead and follow, subscribe, like all the things. Okay. Until next week. Bye.